listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com. Hey, good morning, church. Before I jump into my sermon this morning, I hope you'll indulge me. I want to take a moment to pray. And I want to pray a prayer of repentance. I want to pray a prayer for our black and brown brothers and sisters. Uh, I know most of you have probably seen the George Floyd video by now. And um, I just don't think I can preach in good conscience unless I pray first. So would you join me with, in prayer? Heavenly Father, um, I think of the book of Amos when Amos the prophet cries out, let your justice flow like a river and your righteousness like streams. God, would you do that? Would you answer that plea? God, let your justice flow like a river. Lord, I, I repent for um, my privilege in, in uh, my silence and, and not paying attention and noticing. Lord, um, I pray for all of my black and brown brothers and sisters who must be feeling so much more ill than I feel by seeing that video and uh, by facing what what is a reality in our country with racism. And I, I pray, God, that you would come around them, you would envelop them, you would protect them, you would watch over them. God, be closer to them than a brother. And I pray for us as white people, God, would you change our hearts we just repent of the sin of racism. Lord, we ask that you would help us. God, heal our land. God, show us what to do. We know that you are a good father and that, that you are looking down on us and you're wanting to redeem and restore. So do what you do best, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you for that, friends. Uh, I want to take a minute again, before I preach, I want to take another minute and update you on a conversation that our church leadership team is having around resuming in-person gatherings and what a new normal might look like for us. And I want to start out by saying that we want to worship with you in person together again. We are all looking forward to being back in the film house at Main Street Landing, worshiping together, singing together, filling that room with praise, giving hugs and greetings and smiles to one another, sharing conversation over coffee, praying together. I have to tell you that preaching to a screen is not my favorite thing. I would much rather be communicating the scriptures and conversing with you in person during my sermons and see all the kiddos playing together after the service. But all that being said, we want to be smart. We want to be slow. We want to be prayerful. And we want to be thoughtful in that process. And we don't feel like it's anything that we need to rush into. We, we, we have this sense that God is using this time and has been using this time to shape us and form us and, and even make us more resilient as a church. And he's been showing us new ways to minister, new ways to grow in our faith, new ways to, to follow Jesus and depend on his spirit. 
But we are in conversation with our staff and our vision team, and we're starting to pray and talk about what a slow, smaller, phased-in approach might look like. But we also want to take time to listen. We want to listen to our government and health officials because we want to be a blessing to our community, not a thorn in its side. We care. We genuinely care about the health and well-being of our community. and We want to be participants in that. And, and, and more than that, we want to take time to listen to the Spirit. You know, Jesus waited 30 years before launching his public ministry. Can you imagine God coming to earth and he waits 30 years before launching his public ministry? And what that tells me is that he wasn't in a hurry. Jesus was completely confident in God's timing. And so we want to take a similar posture as a church of trusting and waiting for the right time. We want to be led by the Spirit of God, just like Jesus was. And we also want you to be part of our conversation, too. In the coming weeks, we're going to create some opportunities to hear from you, uh, opportunities to discern together. Maybe do some Zoom chats again, like we did at the beginning of this pandemic, where we had three or four rooms set up and opportunities to discern together and, and to check in with one another. But in the meantime, while we're figuring this out, I want to ask you to to be praying with us for wisdom. And I want to just thank you for your endurance, for your patience, for your agility. I want to thank you guys for your generosity and your encouragement, uh, your perseverance, and, and just the humility that you've demonstrated during this time. I'm so proud of our church family uh, for responding so well to this pandemic. And I'm excited to see how God is going to redeem this time, how he's going to use this time, and what he has for us as a church in the days ahead. Well, let me jump into my sermon. Thanks for indulging me. Last week, we started a new preaching series that we're calling Rhythms. And we're exploring what it means to establish rhythms with God and practice the way of Jesus. Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24, he said, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Let me read that again. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. I think it's interesting that Jesus used the word in the phrase, putting them into practice, the word practice. When I hear the word practice, I immediately go back to the fifth grade. Uh, When I was a fifth grader, I wanted to learn the electric guitar and I was telling my parents I would really love to play guitar and they thought, well, the school teaches music and instruments. So they went to the school and uh, my elementary school, of course, didn't have electric guitar in the school band. And so they went to the high school teacher. Lyle Crowfoot was his name. And and they advocated for me and um, set up a meeting with me to meet with uh, the, the high school band teacher. And I showed up and he told me that they didn't have an electric guitar, but they had an electric bass guitar. 
And so he gave me a quick lesson. He showed me how to hold it, and, and he even showed me my first note. It was an F. It was the first fret on the very first string, and, and he showed me how to pluck the string, and I, I just played F for my first band lesson. And when it was over, he invited me to come sit in on a high school band practice session. I was in fifth grade, so I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And I remember walking in. I don't know if I'll ever forget it. I walked into this room. There's probably 60 high school students, so much older than me, better players for sure, right? And I went and kind of sheepishly found um, the percussion section where the bass guitar was. And there was a, a, a guy playing. His name was Charlie. And Charlie was a senior in high school. And man, could Charlie play the bass. He was flying all over the fretboard, not even looking at the fretboard, just in a groove. And, and I'll never forget the song. The song that they were playing was the song from the TV show Fame. It was the theme song for Fame. That dates me, but uh, it was a cool song. And I remember um, they took a break, and the high school band teacher was working with um, the flutists or the clarinet players or something and Charlie grabbed his bass and he he handed it to me and he said do you want to take a whack at it and I only knew one note I only knew F and no matter how hard I tried to play that was the only note I knew how to how to play and now thankfully that song fame had about a dozen F's in it and so I just picked that thing up, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to play F through the whole song. And I just played F, 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 F. And, and every time that note was the right note, oh, it felt so incredible. Because I was playing with this big band, right, of high schoolers playing this cool song. But every time the note wasn't an F, it was embarrassing, and it felt so difficult. And I wanted to play so much better. And I remember leaving that band practice and and I was immediately discontent with my playing I, I wanted to play like Charlie I wanted to be fluid and natural I wanted to, to have it feel effortless where I could just whip up and down the fretboard and play all these notes and bass riffs and so I went to my next lesson a couple days later with my band teacher and and he looked at me and said what did you think of Charlie's playing and I said, wow, he's really good. And then my band teacher, Lyle Krofa, he said something to me I won't forget. He said, Adam, if you want to play like Charlie, you're going to have to practice like Charlie. And that hit me. And I remember leaving that room, and I took my lessons seriously. I learned all my scales. I practiced and practiced and played every single day. And it wasn't out of a sense of obligation or duty, it came from a desire to play like Charlie. And, and in some levels, it, it felt like it was a calling. It felt like it had become a calling for me. And here's the thing I learned about practice in the fifth grade that I wasn't able to articulate then. But practice enables you to do what you can't do by willpower alone. See, I couldn't willpower my way into playing the bass like Charlie. I had to develop the habit and rhythm of practice. And the same is true with following Jesus. We just cannot 
willpower our way into living like Jesus. We need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We have to become aware of his presence. And we have to practice doing what Jesus did. Jesus said, he told us, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. And we can't practice solely out of a sense of duty and obligation either because that'll just lead us to exhaustion. There has to be a desire to love and live like Jesus. And so we've been doing this series on rhythms, and I want to talk about the rhythm and practice of corporate worship today. Why does corporate worship matter? Why does gathering together for worship in person or online matter? What's all the fuss about? Why, have you ever asked, why do we sing together? That's so strange and weird. We're, we're in our living rooms and it's like karaoke. The words come up on the screen and we sing and we're standing in our living rooms with our family members or what. It's just weird. Why do we do that? Why, why do we have different people share and preach? Why do we participate in, in small groups online and in person and in prayer gatherings together? And, and why do I need to do all these things corporately with a community of people? Well, I want to answer that by going back to my high school band story. See, here's what makes corporate worship matter, especially corporate worship with a community matter. Because there's nothing like playing with the band. You know, during this pandemic, we could have paused our corporate worship. We could have sent you to another church, a better church that has really good church services and killer worship bands and great preaching and better backdrops than my office that I'm providing you right now, more aesthetically pleasing. But we didn't do that, and there's a reason we didn't do that. And it's this, because there's nothing like playing God's song with your bandmates. See, those high school musicians, when I was in the fifth grade and joined the high school band, those, those high school musicians became my people. We became friends. And that friendship evolved outside of the band room. Do you know how cool it was as a fifth grader to have a 17-year-old high school senior high-five me in the hallway? I became part of their family. And they encouraged me and they challenged me. And, and I did that same thing for them because we all wanted the same thing. We wanted to come together and hear all of the parts of the song at once. See, for us... Going to band practice wasn't about getting out of seventh period English class. It was about more than evading seventh grade or seventh period English class. We loved playing music together. And we knew that each one of us, when we walked into that band room, we had a part to play. We had a contribution to make. Listen to how the book of Hebrews says it in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 says this, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. 
And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. See, the reason scripture exhorts us to commit ourselves to the rhythm of corporate worship with community is because there's nothing like playing with your bandmates. There's nothing like being devoted to God and learning his song together, practicing the way of Jesus together, hearing all of the parts come together in harmony, playing God's song for one another in the world. There's just nothing like it. I want to leave you with one last verse, and it's in the book of Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, this is the beginning of the early church, right? And in verse 42, it says, All the believers devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. What did they devote themselves to? All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer, it says. See, corporate worship is something we're called to devote ourselves to. Even when it's messy and noisy and inconvenient and the saxophones are squawking and making noise, practicing the way of Jesus together, the rhythm of corporate worship and community is so worth it. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community.